The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I am joined as always, by Jason Munns, our intrepid Tiger basketball beat reporter. Uh, lots happened since the last episode, Jason. It's been two weeks. Um, <laughs> and uh, just the entire se- season has changed. Um, <laughs> what we're talking hang about. On, hang, on. hang on, I'm Googling intrepid. I, I gotta, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, when last we joined you, it was uh, the, the Tigers were about to go to New York. Uh, I believe, and uh, for over Thanksgiving. And uh, since then, they beat Virginia Tech, uh, and then they lost three games in a row uh, to Iowa State, to Georgia, and then to Ole Miss this past weekend. They have Murray State coming up on Friday, followed by two huge games against Alabama and Tennessee next week. But um, a lot's transpired, so Jason and I are going to break it down since we last joined you, um, there's been a, a locker room feud that's been made public, locker room dissension that's been made public. Um, I'd say Penny Hardaway's taken the most heat he's probably taken in his entire life from the city of Memphis, um, not just his coaching career. Um, we've had, um, you know, lots of different, uh, I guess, uh, social media posts. That some that may or may not be legitimate. I I don't know, but a lot of everyone's got an opinion on on what's going on with Memphis basketball, um, and uh, we're gonna break it all down uh, here in a second. So we're, we'll, we'll we're gonna recap what happened. We're gonna try and figure out how the heck the Tigers can solve some of their problems, and then we'll look ahead to the Murray State game on Friday. Before we do that, let me tell you about the new sports app we've launched as a part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts the fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play stores today. USA Today Sports Plus, fan harder. Uh, Munz, Memphis fans, very, uh, I'd say, a lot of them are disgruntled, and all of them are probably just uh, uh, uncomfortable with what's happening to this season. Whether you whether you you're, you're upset at Penny Hardaway, upset at the players, upset at whatever, um, no one is very comfortable with how this season is trending. Um, so it's a big question with not an easy answer. But wrap your arms around this, Munz. What ails the Tigers? Like, what if you had to pinpoint, you know, what's the problem? Like, where, you know, where's the beef? What's going on here? Um, why have they lost three games in a row? Why does this season, why does it feel like it's veering off the rails um, so quickly? Well, um, I don't think we have enough time in the day to accurately and completely uh go through we need answers months we got big games against bama and tennessee next week 
so we'll try. We'll do our best. We'll give it the old college try. Um, I, I think at at the heart of all of this is is Penny Hardaway has assembled a team that is just at odds with he's assembled a group of players that are at odds with one another, not only um, not only at odds with one another, but at odds with Penny Hardaway. And, and I think the same, I think, I think it's a two way street. I think Penny Hardaway is at odds with, uh, with, with, you know, a, a number of his players. Um, and, you know, as if that weren't enough, as if that wasn't enough, um, Penny Hardaway's decisions in the last week, week and a half to air the dirty laundry in a very public fashion, in a, in a, in a repeatedly public way, uh, is not helping matters. It is not, um, it is not making the situation any better. Um, I, I think there are some feelings inside that locker room that uh, there are double standards at play. Um, I think that's part of the issue. I think uh, another part of the issue is that there are some players inside that locker room who feel like um, they that their role on this team isn't what it should be. Uh, isn't there are some there are some people who feel like their roles they earned certain roles and through no fault of their own, they've had those roles either changed or reduced or whatever, and they're upset about it. Um, and uh, and then and in in turn, the fact that they haven't adapted or accepted the roles that they've been asked to accept here in the early going this season, uh, the fact that they're not conforming necessarily is angering Penny Hardaway. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a rift. There's a, uh, I mean, the locker room is fractured, and uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to get any better, um, like by leaps and bounds anytime soon. It's 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 going to be a work in progress. I don't think that. I mean, yeah, there there, there are some on court stuff. There's some. You know things going on on the court that that aren't helping matters either. Um, but look, they lost by four on the road to Ole Miss to a, a, a decent Ole Miss team, um, and they lost by three on the road to a pretty bad Georgia team. Uh, he didn't have Malcolm Dandridge in that game, um, but you know, and then of course the uh, the blowout against Iowa State in New York. Um, yeah, it just it's it's just a, a a big compilation of a lot of different things, and I you know they're they're trying to get it fixed. A lot to unpack there. I, I would start with this. I actually think the encore has a big has a lot to do with it. Um, because we don't need to beat around the bush. The players, Penny has whether he said it directly. I think he said it directly once in one of his radio interviews, but also just. Based on you can do some easy, pretty easy detective work. Don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out. It seems Penny's upset with DeAndre Williams, Landers, Nolly, 
and Lester Quinones in some form or fashion. Those are the those are the veterans he expected to um, be better leaders, I think. Um, and I, I would say I think the encore has a big part to do with it just because they were winning games. This wouldn't be an issue, but they're not winning games. And now, now you're trying to pinpoint why they're not winning games. And Penny has pinpointed his his disgruntled locker room, his fractured locker room, as you called it. And I'd argue, I really, and some people aren't going to like this, but like, I think the biggest obstacle standing in this team's way right now is Penny Hardaway, as weird as that is to say. Um, Because I think the on-court and this fractured locker room have everything to do with each other. It's not working on the court. And so... What was probably a fragile situation to begin with, like you've exacerbated it by, you know, on the court, not establishing, like you said, these guys are being asked to accept reduced roles. I'd argue what Penny has done is he's thrown new guys into the mix and not made and actually not made clear to anyone with his actions what their role is. You know, let's take Landers Nolly. Like Landers Nolly, before the year, it looked like, whether you agreed with it or not, he was going to be the sixth man on the team. And it sounded, he said, I'm ready to accept whatever role they need me to accept and all that stuff. Well, then, you know, four or five games in the year, he's put into the starting lineup. He's being yanked in and out of the lineup. And and that's just not him. It's it's DeAndre Williams. It's Lester Quinones. It's, it's Jalen Duran. It's, you know, Jaden Hardaway. It's all, all the guys. Penny's playing so many guys. How can anyone know what their role is? Um, and so, and then I also think, you know, it, it feels to me like Penny has not read the situation he inherited or he created well. Um, you know, he just he just figured it would solve itself. It almost feels like with some of the comments he's made, and then. Like you pointed it out, like the decision to air this all out publicly, it's great for us, great content, you know, but like, what did he actually accomplish by blasting his players to the print media after the Ole Miss game, blasting them to on the radio to Wolo after the game? And then, oh, if that wasn't enough, let's go blast them nationally to Seth Davis. Like, I read that as I'm looking to make sure people know this isn't my fault. That's what that came off as to me. And that like, no wonder like his locker room is selfish. It feels like the coach is being selfish at times too. And I, I really do believe this is all ultimately, well, I'm not absolving the players completely, whether it's Amani Bates or those veterans, like they, they should be acting better. They should, they should a- accept their role, but like, they are, it doesn't feel like they have much guidance. It doesn't feel like they have a they have a leader who is showing them the way. Um, and it it just feels like Penny figured it would sort itself out. Maybe I I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I just think his inability to recognize that like they are going to take their cues from him, um, and his inability to you know, have a consistent coaching method. Um, he, he, you know, it, it's really done a disservice to this group so far. Um, 
And so just as much as they need to change, just as much as the players need to play better, like Penny's got to change some things. And we'll see if he does that. You know, on Monday at his radio show, he did walk back some of his comments. He took some of the blame for uh, the locker room dynamics at play here right now. He took more of the blame um, for the chemistry issues that we've seen that – The other part of this that is so frustrating is that everyone, Penny included, recognized would be the biggest thing for this team this year with all this talent. We all said the moment they got Imani Bates and Jalen Duran, the only thing that can hold this team back is if they run into those chemistry issues they had a year ago, you know, if they don't figure out their roles and all that. And and Penny said it too. Like, but then here we are eight games into the season and the biggest problem we identified in the preseason as a potential problem is the biggest problem. And it feels like now Penny's acting as if he's stunned it's a problem. <laughs> like, um, And so it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for Penny. It's frustrating for the players. It's frustrating for the fans. I think it's frustrating for us covering the team, to be honest. To, to hear Penny say things and then his actions don't match what his words are. Um, and so... If we spin this forward, you know, on Monday he spoke about shouldering more of the blame of the chemistry issues. He also said a couple things that made me think, well, that feels like he's giving us lip service and it feels like we're going to see a little more of a, it's going to be more same old, same old. Like he he said after the Ole Miss game, it's only going to play the players that care. I'll be honest, I never believed it. I didn't believe it. I ultimately said, no. He's not going to just play those guys because we've seen when he, uh, you know, when something, you know, after three, four minutes, he gets impatient. He subs people in. And so maybe the maybe the veterans won't start on Friday, but I think everyone's going to play. And to back that up on Monday at the radio show, when he's talking about, you know, what they're sort of doing to adjust to how they're going to how they're trying to get back on the winning track. He said, one, our strength is in our numbers. So that struck me. We're going to go back. We're going to see 11, 12 guys play on Friday. Uh, two, he said he's going to press more. Um, he'd gotten away from his roots of pressing. I would remind him, the he didn't press in the Ole Miss game because in the Georgia game he did press, and Georgia was eating that press up, but, but just to be clear. But whatever, he's going to press more. We've seen that sometimes has success, though. You know, it, it's a double-edged sword. It, it allows them not to have to play half-court offense as much if they can turn people over. However, we've also seen they commit a lot of turnovers when they're playing too fast uh, at times. So double-edged sword, but see, you know, that's part of Penny's identity. And, and at times that press really works. It's really effective. Um, so there's that. Um, and then uh, we also heard that you know, he was asked specifically, Jason, about his substitution patterns at the radio show. And I thought this was an interesting answer as well. He was asked about the fact that he's always basically takes his starters out for the most part before even the first media timeout. Like he just subs a lot, you know, against Ole Miss, 11 guys played in the opening eight minutes. The starting lineup of Earl Timberlake, Landers Nolly, Lester Quinones, DeAndre Williams, and Jalen Duran played the first three minutes, 41 seconds of the game, and then never those five guys never appeared on the court together again. Um, that that's and and I would say this that's not an that was not a one time thing on Saturday, not even a one season thing. This is how Penny's been his entire time as the coach. This is how he subs. Uh, everyone's picked up on it for the most part now. But 
Penny was asked about that, about his tendency to do that, and basically scoffed at the question. Like, basically said, like, the way we play, guys get tired. They have to come out of the game. Like, basically gave no credence to the fact that, you know, maybe if a lineup is being, you know, maybe you got to play lineups more, play less lineups, not shuttling guys in now lineup. He, he didn't. That he, and that's fine. He's the head coach. He's allowed to say do that. But I would just tell you that it, it feels like to me, he's kind of leaning back into this is who I am as a coach, and I got to be true to my ideals. Well, for the most part, where where's that gotten you so far? That that would be my question for Penny. Like it's not working this year so far. Last year. Your best stretch as the head coach, you could argue, was when you did shorten the rotation. Mostly, you know, partly out of necessity because of injury. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It, it, it feels like he's being really stubborn all, all in all. And it's, I, I, I maintain, I think Penny, until Penny Hardaway changes, I have problems believing this team is going to just take off. I hope it does. But I think I think everyone here needs to look in the mirror, in, including Penny Hardaway. And maybe Monday was the first step towards that, where he kind of shouldered the blame for the chemistry issues. But as I laid out, some of the things he said afterwards struck me as, well, I don't know how how much is he really, you know, has he really changed his mind, and how much was that just, you know, I need to get people off my back a little bit here. Um, and to be fair, if he had said what he said Monday. After the game on Saturday against Ole Miss, things would have been it would be a lot easier for him right now. It feels like publicly at least, but um, a lot to unpack from your answer. A lot to unpack from my answer. How do what do you what do you think about all that, Jason? I mean, like, do you feel like I'm not saying it won't work against Murray State, but do do you have confidence or or what's your level of belief that this team can get it together enough? You know, because they are still just five and three. It, it's a yeah. bad record, but if they can beat Murray State and then split against Alabama and Tennessee, like it's not a great position. It's also not the worst position to be in. Like the season is still salvageable at that point, and then you can still imagine the team going to the NCAA tournament as an at-large team in that scenario. So I guess how much. Do you have confidence that they can figure all out all these issues in time to do something like that over the next week and a half? Well, I mean, it, I think it all depends on what happens Friday. Um, I mean, you, you, you gotta like they gotta get out of the funk. They got yeah. and, and winning winning does that. Even if it's ugly, uh, even if it doesn't look good, if it's disjointed, like. If you can win in spite of everything that's going on right now, in spite of everything that we just talked about for the last 15 minutes, then then that opens up a lot of doors, you know, like that that can at least get the get the bad juju out of the way or or I would I would think it would. Um, I don't I don't know that it will. I would think it it's got to it's it's at least better than losing and 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 I think that um, that's where it starts though it starts Friday with Murray State at seven o'clock uh, you got to win that game um, and I mean again you're at home uh, you haven't been home in two weeks uh, you know so there's there's really um, a lot 
you know, a lot hinges on the outcome of that game. Now, if they can do that, uh, can they go honest, I watched I watched Tennessee stink the bed against ten- Texas Tech last night. Yeah. That wins there for the t- like Alabama looks good. They just beat Gonzaga, but Tennessee right. looks like a game that could be there for the taking. Now I don't know if Memphis is capable of taking it, but right. Tennessee didn't look that good last night to me when I watched them. Um, that looks like a gettable game, a gettable good win, if you will, if this team gets it together. I have no idea if they can get it together. Yeah, I mean, again, it starts with winning Friday. If they can do that, yeah. then I think they've got a fighter's chance of. Uh, I mean, they get Alabama at home, um, you know, and, and the other thing is like after that Iowa State game, things looked a lot better on offense against Georgia, yeah. um, you know, so it's not like they're, they're necessarily uh, just tanking completely across the board. Um, they, 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 they progressed um, against, against, against Georgia. And in some ways they progressed against Ole Miss. Um, so, you know, it, the, the the wins just haven't come yet uh, in in, in the, over the last two weeks. So if they can get that win against Murray State, I, I don't think you if, – if you're better, I don't think you bet on Memphis beating Alabama, but I don't think it's, like, uh, impossible for them to beat um, Alabama. And then if that, if that happens – you know, you, you start building some positive momentum. Who knows what happens in Nashville? It's a rivalry game. It's, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of juice that goes along with that. Um, so I, I, I think it's possible um, that, they can get them, that they can dig themselves out of this hole. Uh, it's just, can they? Will or will they? I don't know. Um, yeah. But I think it all starts. I think it all starts with uh, uh, Murray State on Friday, and yeah. they're and they're not they're like they're a good team, right? Like they they're they're ranked they're, ahead of Memphis right now in the net. Yeah, I mean they're seven and one. Their losses to e- ETSU, East Tennessee right. State. I would say that I mean they beat MTSU uh, this past weekend, and. Um, they beat James Madison, JMU, who beat UVA last night. They don't really they have not played anyone uh anywhere close to Memphis's ability. Memphis's talent level, let's put it that way. Potential. Uh, Memphis's potential. Yeah. Um so this is a big step up in weight class for them, is what yeah. I would say. Now I will say I think they're gonna be amped up because John Morant's gonna probably be there. Um, there's going to, I think there'll be a decent amount of Murray state fans at the game. That was part of the reason why they scheduled this. I think is they did it in conjunction with a grit, big Grizzlies weekend, um, because of John Morant. So, um, I, I think they should win the game. I expect them to win the game. Um, ultimately, I think it's going to be a lot like, you know, those St. Louis games and the Western Kentucky games start the year where ultimately, Maybe they don't look the greatest, but ultimately, um, you know, they're they're a lot more talented than this team. Um, but that being said, like you want them to look good, like they like like you put it, winning is going to cure some of this. In that, if they can find a formula that works, that involves, as Josh Minot put it after the Ole Miss game, the way like they need to figure out how the puzzle pieces fit again, you know, and like. Once they see it happen once, then you can start repeating it. Um, and so, 
And I think that's what we saw at the end of last year. They like put the puzzle pieces together successfully. And then they were able to just kind of repeat that over and over and over again. They kind of knew towards the end of the year, the last 10, 15 games of the year, they like knew, okay, we're going to, you know, when we're in a tough spot, we're going to go to DeAndre Williams or uh, DJ or, you know, when we need something up that when we need like a kick in the pants, we're going to put the ball in, in boogies, you know, or like boogies going to be the one who takes shots at the end of the shot clock for us. And DJ Jeffries is going to be that spark off the bench. Like we, they kind of knew each guy by the end of the year kind of knew, okay, this is my job. Um, and right now it's so convoluted, partly because Penny like doesn't, doesn't like Penny should have, should have at this point figured out, okay, Here's like barring foul trouble or an injury. Here are like the six lineups I like I want to play over the course of the game. And I'm not going to play anything other than these six lineups. Like you know, like it should be an NBA style rotation. It's an NBA style program. He builds it as that. Should be a rotation where okay, we're going to start with these five and then unless there's foul trouble at the 14 minute mark, these two guys are coming in, okay? And then at the 12 minute mark these two guys are coming in, you know, or these two guys are coming back in, whatever. Um, and so every guy on the roster, you know, okay, barring an injury or foul trouble, this is when I'm going to go in the game. This is who I'm going to play with. This is what, so this is what I'm going to do because that's who I'm playing with. Like, I don't think it, it's not, it's not reinventing the wheel here. It's what most coaches do. Um, and like Penny is unconventional. He's unorthodox. And when it works, you look really smart when you do stuff like that. When it doesn't work, you look stubborn. And that's that's where I'm at with what Penny does and how he coaches. Like if it was working, fine. But like to keep do, you know to keep doing it over and over again, making these mistakes, it's just I, I don't know. Boggle, it boggles me for a guy who, you know, seems to know a lot about basketball. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Been around um, basketball for a very long time, played yeah, for a bunch of and um so I, I, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I you know, I I I think and then you add in this, you know, the factor of we haven't talked about Amani Bates yet specifically, because it, it's unfair to point out to pick out pick on Amani Bates for playing poorly, because frankly, a lot of guys on the roster are playing poorly right now. And I think that, and certainly a lot of guys are playing below their talent level. Um, and I think, again, that all ultimately reflects on Penny more so than the players. But it's become very clear to me that, one, Amani Bates is an issue in the locker room. But two, most of it has nothing to do with Amani Bates and everything to do with how Penny Hardaway treats Amani Bates. Yeah. That makes sense. No, and, I thought, and, yeah, that's that's what? what your that's what your column was. Uh, yes, um, and like Amani isn't playing well. You could argue he's over the last five games played worse than anyone on the roster who gets meaningful minutes. Um, and at the same time, I don't think it means you give up on him or you bench him. But you also, you know, I don't I don't know if it's the best thing in the world to right after calling out your veterans who are frankly playing badly, but playing better than Amani. After calling them out, then when you talk about Amani, it's as if he can do no wrong. He's the best 17-year-old in the world. Like, like 
you're creating the resentment. It's like, right. you know, like it'd be one thing if like, like I think Amani, it seems like is a pretty good guy. Like from all the descriptions you hear about him. Um, and it just feels like he's being singled out by Penny, protected by Penny in a way that really is actually leaving him open to more uh, crossfire, if you will. Um, rather than actually serving the purpose that Penny's setting it out to be, which is kind of be a protective, protective parent of a 17 year old who's, you know, is younger than everyone on the team. But, um, and you know, I think, I think Penny's right not to like bury Amani Bates because he's had five bad games and he takes bad shots and whatever. Like, I think Amani, you need Amani ultimately if this team's going to turn it around. But I also think going to the other extreme of like propping him up artificially is is causing a lot of the friction in the locker room. And say and saying, yeah, and and like by propping him up, tearing others down uh, in in the same swipe, uh, you know, in the same in the same motion. Um, I mean, that like who wouldn't get their feelings hurt uh, over something like that? That 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 just. To say that Amani Bates is struggling because the veterans haven't put their arm around him and said, hey, come on, uh, you're going to be fine, that seems a little simplistic to me. Well, I, I, and I also think they should do that. But, like, it should happen naturally. It should happen, like, like earn, not given. That's, like, you know, like, it should be a merit-based deal you know like ultimately that like you got to just let the locker room play out sometimes like in in those situations you got it like being a head coach is knowing when to insert yourself and knowing when not to insert yourself in situations and problems and, and what well, the point i was going to make uh, kind of about all this and i'm not the first person to point it out um in, in the last couple of weeks i've seen it a few places and heard it a few places but um, the the quote uh, the quote from Remember the Titans attitude reflects leadership. So, you know if 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 the players are behaving a certain way, uh, if 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 the the portrait of them being painted by the coach is accurate, then is that not a reflection of the leadership? I mean, a, so what you're saying is we need like a moment between Landers and Amani where strong side, left side, strong side, right? Or they put. Well, we, they? We, well I I, ta- I talked. I I think I mentioned this to you uh, in the last couple of days. We had that. There was a game. Uh, I forget whether it was an exhibition or one of the first games of the season where they brought Amani Bates and second Lester. exhibition game. Yeah, they brought them into the post-game press conference and set them side by side, and they said all the right things. They looked as though they, uh, uh, like, kind of believed in each other and 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 everything well, else. That, they played well together, if I recall correctly. Like, they made a nice little tandem out there. That's yeah. why I'm saying, like, I think Amani is necessary in all of this. Um, just like I think those three veterans that seem to be getting called out are necessary in all of this. Like, in theory, this should work. With the right like leadership and you know they can iron these kinks out. They should be able to like ultimately there's 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 enough to go around for everyone. Um, I think um, I know they've got some point guard issues. I think Lomax has proven to me at least to be. I know he gets he catches a lot of heat and like at this moment though like I don't really see a better option. 
Um, I agree. I mean, like eight games in, he is one. His assist to turnover ratio is one to one. I don't so think that's he not, should play. I don't think he should play the entire second half like he did against Ole Miss. Like I think his minutes right. should be lower. But I also think like ultimately, if he's starting, like so be it at this point. Like it's just is what it is with the point guard situation. Um, and then you know you've got. I, I just think there's enough. There's enough to go around for everyone. If if they, if people can take a step back, and if Penny can be a little more consistent in how he's coaching and how he's dealing with these kids, I don't think all hope is lost. Um, I just hope they can do it. They can figure. I think they're going to figure this out by February and March. But like, you don't want to be in a situation like you were in last year, where you figured it out in February and March, but it wasn't good enough because what you did in November and December was so bad. Um, and, and that's the situation they're running into now. Like if they were in a power five and this was going on and they were five and three, like it wouldn't be that big of a deal because they'd have games and not even power five, they're in the big East. But if they're, if they were in a conference where they knew they were going to get 10, 12 games that could really help their resume. And all you got to do is win half of them. Like this wouldn't be a big issue, but that, that's not the reality in the AAC. Um, uh, and that's. The funny thing is, is it's not as this as it. What what you just described is not as if it's a surprise. We we even wrote about it. I I know I wrote about it that, um, perhaps more so than any season that like this this stretch of the the six games or whatever, starting with um, Virginia Tech at in Brooklyn was was going to be hugely important uh for their postseason for their postseason chances and it's 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 playing out exactly like we thought well I would say though I would say the schedule is also playing to their benefit in that it's tougher than it has been in recent years and the the, if you want to look glass half full like they've they've really they've really stumbled over themselves the last couple weeks and yet they still have a couple opportunities to fix, sort of fix some of the damage they've done because of the, how tough the schedule is, because it's, they have Alabama and Tennessee coming up. It's it's entirely possible to get this back on track. There's no yes. doubt about it. It is, yeah. it is possible. Um, I don't know about back on track, but back in a situation where you can make, like, like we said all along, like ultimately this team does have bigger, did have bigger expectations than make the NCAA tournament. But like ultimately – if this team just can figure out a way to get into the tournament and then goes on a run in the tournament, I don't think people are going to remember this. They're going to remember it was a sweet 16 team if they can do that. The problem is there's nothing to suggest right now that that is going to happen, that, you know, that, that, that they are capable of fixing this in time to do that. Um, But maybe Murray state Friday will be our first sort of sign that the you know over the course of this week they figured some things out. Um, that Penny's figured some things out. Um, yeah. So no shortage of drama, Jason. Um, even though the season is uh, has gone off track, um, we'll be there chronicling all the action from FedEx Forum over the next week or so. Again, Murray State Friday night, then Alabama Tuesday night. Uh, next Tuesday night at FedEx Forum for the Tigers looking to get off a three-game losing skid. Make sure, again, you're checking out CommercialAppeal.com for all your Tiger basketball coverage. Till next time, I was Mark Giannato. I was joined by Jason Munns. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.
Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.